Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another fantastic episode of Sauce Talk. On the other line, you may be confused. You're surely thinking to yourself, oh my God, what a get. Johnny got those guys from uh, Pure Meds to come on the podcast and sing their famous song, these days. Actually, no, that wasn't them, and it wasn't a recording of them. That was actually Matt Schmidt singing live because he's on the other line joining us. Matt, how you doing, buddy? Well, I'm not the pyramids, but I guess I'm doing okay. Doing okay? Can't complain. Uh, never occurred to me. So now, these days, oh, that's the name of the song. Uh, <laughs> people call, people are like, Ah, oh, can't think of anything. Like uh, some mediocre basketball player is mid, mm. or like I went and saw that movie. It was mid. Do you think that's what the pure mids were talking about? I don't. I to be honest, I don't think I'd ever noticed that that was their name. And then as soon as you said it, I was like, "Is is that really the name of the band, or is Johnny just being mean?" No, that that's the name of the so, band. Like early average that they are the pure mids. I think it's supposed to be... Now, here I'm going to betray my lack of knowledge of like the recording industry. But isn't the the mids... I don't know. Is is the mids in between the treble and the bass? It is in between the treble and is the bass. Is that what it yeah. is? Maybe they're, maybe they're yeah. trying to say, like, we're just right there. We're like the right highs, down the, the middle. The mids. Yeah. Maybe we could all stand to be a little bit more like pure mids. You never get too high, you never get too low. It's true. Steady six. That's not what I do, though. Boy... <laughs> I just blow it out when I can, and then I get real sad when I can't. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Oh, well. What are you going to do? Wait, you won't. Let me, here's a fact. Nothing about me is changing ever again. Hope you <laughs> like this, because you're going to get this for the rest of my life. Uh, speaking of things we'll be doing for the rest of our lives, hey, Matt, eat anything good lately. You know, not really. Uh, you were allowed as, to say no. It's okay. As as attentive uh, listeners to the podcast may know, actually, I don't know if I ever talked about this in the podcast, but I am running the Chicago Marathon in like less than a month. That's coming right which up. Which means that at this point, I am constantly hungry. So I'm just eating like anything that happens to be in sight. It doesn't have to be good. My body is just like, hey, you need calories and fuel. Um, and so one of the things I'm eating a lot of lately that I don't actually like is bananas. You just I'm not pounding bananas. Huge, at least one banana a day uh, to try to like prevent cramps and just. Are you impressed like, with your consumption of one banana a day? I feel like for me, for you that that's is, very high. Okay, for you that's, that's a lot. What is your normal high. banana per month consumption? Less than one. Wow, less than one a month. So we're talking probably less than ten a year. I don't – I'm not a huge fan of the flavor. I don't love the consistency. You don't have a fever for the flavor? That's what that song was about, right? I Some people thought it was about pussy, but I think it was about bananas. It's definitely about bananas. Those guys, they, they, they just really like bananas. Who doesn't? Me. You. Apparently. Yeah, I was going to say, we already answered that question. <laughs> but if they're like – I don't know. If they're anything other than like perfectly ripe, I do not love the consistency, like a mushy banana – 
There's nothing worse than you throw, like, a banana that looks perfectly yellow in your bag, and then you get to work, and it is almost entirely brown for no real reason, just because it's, I guess, slightly beyond what its perfect ripeness should be. I have a lot of comments. First off, I love bananas. Uh, I can demonstrate for the viewer, not the listener, so only Matt, but I have a banana right here. They're around me all the Mm -hmm. time. I have bananas on the table next to me because I am preparing to make banana bread. Uh, you like banana bread? <laughs> <laughs> I do, actually. You know what well, it tastes like, like? Bananas. Eh, but it also tastes like nutmeg and cinnamon, there's usually. And there's some there. nuts in there. There's yeah. other things. Are you one of those people that like waits for the bananas to get super brown before you use them? The bananas are in this paper bag, which uh, makes them get good and brown faster, yeah. For the listening audience, I'm pretty sure that bag says check bananas on it. It does. I didn't want to forget that I had bananas in it. <laughs> so I wrote check bananas on it, and that reminds me to look in the bag and see if they've gotten brown enough yet. And every day they're a little bit closer. There you go. Um, I believe that you are hosing yourself putting your bananas in your bag like that because I think the whole thing is supposed to be. That's why the, the paper bag is good is because like, as the bananas ripen, they release a gas. That's called sure. like ethylene or something like that. And yeah. then sitting in that gas makes them age even faster. And so this when you that's true. probably what's happening when you put them in your backpacks, we're like, oh, it's my time to shine. I'm how fast can I get brown? How much ethylene dioxide can I produce in the half an hour it takes to get Matt to work? Uh, while we're on that subject, I do have a banana here. I would describe this as a, a very yellow banana with some mm-hmm. light brown spotting. I would agree with that. Uh, where do you do you think this banana is perfect, too ripe, not ripe enough? Where do you stand on this banana? Uh, it is probably close to too ripe. Too <laughs> I am not ready to eat this banana yet, and that is why it is still before me. And I'm not saying that I'm not ready to put it in banana bread. Those are going to be brown as fuck. I'm saying if I have a banana with my breakfast, which I frequently do, uh, I like a lot of brown spots. Yeah. I like that banana. So you're, you're more of the mushy consistency person? I, If it's mushy, it's gone too far. I, ba- I want to I I ride the lightning as far as I can. <laughs> Until it is mushy. Okay. But it sounds almost, like you're looking for pretty yellow. Pretty yellow. Almost like an underripe one where it's like it, the banana almost snaps off. Sure. I feel like that. It doesn't really taste like anything at that point, and the consistency doesn't bother me that much. So Maybe this is might be a fun argument for me. So you say, I don't really like bananas. And so that's totally valid. You're eating bananas for their specific health and cramp prevention uh, factors at a time when you're really pushing your body right now. So you need that stuff and you can't be fucking around. But a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, I really like bananas and I love to eat them when they're greenish yellow. And I think (laughs) it might just be the case. Like, listen, buddy, you don't like bananas. You're trying to eat bananas that don't taste like bananas because you don't like them. If you like bananas like me, if you're a, a strong man, you want those brown dots, and you know what you really like? Oh, the dots are starting to give each other a little kiss. That one dot, oh, it used to be three dots. Now it's one big dot. Now it's getting good. Have you ever heard the theory that um, the reason that banana-flavored stuff doesn't taste like bananas now is because they're, we used to all eat 
a different type of banana that was wiped out. And so, like, banana-flavored candy tastes like what bananas actually used to taste like, but now we just have this other thing because they're all a monoculture and stuff like that. I think it's – I don't know if it's Cavendish or Cavendish, but I I think it's one of those is Mm -hmm. the banana we have now. And we have been – I've read for years that, like, we're on the verge that some plague is going to take out all this kind of banana and we have no banana diversity and so it's right. going to kill every banana plant. But I, I've read that. I am. I, I thought that was true. If you, know, if you tell me that's not true, could be right. But I, I believe I have read that. Like, yeah, that artificial banana flavor, which I hate. Mm-hmm. Um, the people are like, yeah, that actually does taste like bananas, just not the bananas you have ever eaten. Isn't that weird? Yeah, it's really cool. Um. It's- it kind of makes you wonder about the other flavors, like how grape flavor doesn't taste like grapes. Like, well, maybe there were this other type of grapes that we used to have. Boy, grapes nope. that taste like grape flavor. Oh, shit. <laughs> like, that's, I can't even conceive of. I don't want to try a banana that tastes like banana flavor. But if you could give me some grapes that taste like – I love – I'm fine with grapes. I love artificial grape flavor. A grape soda I, is one of life's true treasures. I feel like if we could – I mean, grapes that taste like cotton candy exist, right? Sure. So I feel like this is doable. I feel like they've made grapes that you can just have no flavor that you can just inject flavor into. So I, is I feel like that this what is cotton an, candy grapes are? Goal. I don't. I think those might be an entirely separate thing. But I remember, I remember reading an article being like, scientists have created a flavorless like grape thing that you can just inject with whatever you want. Basically, whatever flavor, artificial flavor you want. How many days do they make that before somebody puts cum in the grape? <laughs> Actual cum or cum flavor? Do you think they got that sitting around? <laughs> well, there's probably a lot of dudes there. And, so, yeah. and, and, and then you're like, well, hey, listen, babe. The only reason you don't like the flavor is because you've only tasted artificial cum. And I got <laughs> the real stuff. You would love it if you had. This might be the dirtiest the podcast has ever been. I think so. What if they made a Malort grape? Would you eat the Malort grape? I, you know, I have been open about my expanding relationship with Malort. Mm-hmm. And I think I owe it to the listener to continue providing updates. I was at Revolution Brewing this past weekend, and they were like, we got. Like Rev Brew Malort, got hops and stuff, and I was like, I've had all these weird Malorts and I love them. This was worse than regular Malort. I don't, I don't know how I, I don't know how I feel about I, that. I, I, I was very much. I thought, I guess I got a little cocky. I'd had enough weird Malorts that I was like, I don't like, I, I do not like regular Malort. But I thought, mm-hmm. I think I just do like any sort of flavored Malort, and that notion was corrected very quickly. Uh, it was truly awful. It was the lie was put to it immediately. Yeah. So I'm not now. I'm very. I'm back to being scared. Ramps, candy cane, other weird stuff they have at Nisei. All those have been hits, but mm-hmm. uh, regular Malort and Hoppy Malort, death. Yeah, I just don't. I guess it, like hop infused Malort. Uh, were you at the brew pub or the actual like brewery? I 
I was at the one that's in Logan, very walkable from Pilot Project. Right. Okay. So that's the brew pub. That's the brew pub. I was going to say, I think that's not the, like, the legit one because I haven't been there since I've been back to Chicago. No, I mean, it was, it's, it is legit. It was, I think it was first and then they opened the larger sort of brewery facility over on, I think it's on Kedzie. Okay. Um, and it has like a smallish tap room, but not, it's not anywhere near like the restaurant that yeah. was, you know, Revolution Brewing. So. I had a fun time there. They gave me a overwhelmingly powerful, uh, barley wine that I should not have drinking, but did drink and had fun. <laughs> On Friday, a, a friend of mine, Lawrence, came over. He met at that show once. That's true. Um, and he brought over this, like, quadruple that had been sitting in his fridge for forever. And we each poured ourselves a little bit and took, like, three sips. And just like, I'm uninterested in ever tasting this again. <laughs> it was so sickeningly sweet. It's not good. I... I, I, if somebody tells me I see on a menu they have they have a, they have a quad, I'm usually down. I will usually try it because you don't run into it a lot. But a triple is usually as, as far as I really need to go. That that that's usually going to do me everything fine. G- Gina hilariously finds this stuff the most disgusting in the world and just screams like, "Oh, it's just figs! It's so fucking <laughs> gross! I, why would this be a drink?" And I'm just like, oh, yeah, it's really good. You can tell it's good because you can only drink a thimble full at once. That's <laughs> that, that's kind of what I like. I like anything I can only have a thimble full of. For example, come. You know, you know, honestly, I wouldn't have said figs. I don't think I could have ever explained that, but it really does taste like liquid fig newtons. Yeah, so good. Do you like fig newtons? I think so. I haven't had them in a very long time. I used to get those... I don't know what the answer to this is. I used to get those. I liked Fig Newtons fine, but then I started getting Strawberry Fig Newtons. Mm-hmm. Do Strawberry Fig Newtons, are those just Strawberry Newtons? Do they have fig flavor in them? Do they have fig in them? I don't know the answer. I don't think so. So right? maybe those are just Strawberry Newtons. Yeah, it's, with the strawberry filling. I say used to. This was a long time ago. But there was a time when I was like, oh, yeah, Strawberry Newtons, one of the best cookies. Now I'm like, cookie question mark is this a cookie i don't we don't have to you know litigate this now but it's i feel like it's at least a question it is a question it's a weird cookie if it's a cookie kind of like the precursor to those nutrigrain breakfast bars (laughs) it's like they took one of those and just cut into three pieces and said yeah these are cookies you idiot and i'm like well i like cookies that's not health food i'll eat it this is just it's, it's just cake. It's a different form of cake with fruit filling. And somehow it got sold as a, as a healthy breakfast. It's like it's like a Pop-Tart, but healthy. Like, no, there's no such thing as a healthy Pop-Tart. It just doesn't exist. I wish I had some Pop-Tarts. Hey, Matt, this is this first segment is taking too long. We're 15 minutes in, and we have only crossed out eating anything good lately. And I, maybe you're just trying to stall because you know that I paid good money to get some exclusive content on this show. Everybody's always come. I'm walking down. I can't walk down the street without somebody coming up to me and saying, hey, saucy boy. And I'm like, well, that's me. I'm saying, well, hello. And I say hello. And they're like, when are you going to get some good content on the show? And I'm like, well, it's going to be coming real soon. So I, I, I 
dipped into the uh, the the sauce talk budget and I purchased a story from you. Is that correct? That is correct. And so let's before don't tell me anything new, but let's start with how did this come up? So just in case we uh, some many many of those listeners we have out there who don't follow the group chat. Uh, so how did we start here? What what kind of text messages were you sending on a, a certain? Actually, I believe if this might explain why I was so loose with my Venmo, this might have happened right after at Revolution Brewing, right after I got that insane barley wine. I was like, <laughs> I'll start sending money to my friends. Well, I was gonna say, yeah. Um, so to refer back to five minutes ago you went to pilot project and revolution on saturday and you texted me around like three o'clock being like hey matt you know me and gina we're gonna go to pilot project if you know if you're around if you're available last minute and i was like actually i just got on the highway i'm going to this wedding thing tonight so uh my dad's wife maureen has a bunch of siblings they have kids yada yada um and her brother's daughter, so Maureen's niece, got married last year in October. They did not have a reception at that time for COVID-related reasons, I'm sure. So I was going to a wedding reception for my step-cousin um, in Libertyville, Illinois, Um at a place with a very Irish-sounding name that I can't remember anymore, <laughs> to be honest. Um, and it's like this big sports bar. My dad, you know, my dad's like, you know, just, just you know, just dress, dress nice, though. dress nice. Like blazer on and slacks and whatever. Sure. Um, I bet you looked very handsome that night. Oh, thank you very much. So we go out to Libertyville or at this bar, go to this back room. Um, and to kind of set the scene, the there's there's definitely you could tell like which which people were on the brides were at the, there at the bride for the bride and which side were there for the groom. Uh, the bride was in her wedding dress, looked very nice. Um, and this is going to sound like real classist or whatever, or just kind of judgy, but the groom was wearing like carpenter jeans, a very si- shiny shirt. And as I think I told, I said on the, on the chat, um, a silk tie with Friday the 13th Jason masks on it that said, no lives matter. I, I think that you were right and that what you just said is very classist, but not in the way you think. Do you think that poor people normally wear Jason ties to their weddings and their wedding receptions? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I don't want to judge the guy for wearing, you know. Let me. I, let me. I've been to a lot of poor weddings. I ain't never seen none of that shit. What legitimately it was like a, a pretty nice looking pair of carpenter jeans. You know, if if one if one could what? have formal carpenter jeans. Let's do that. When 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 did the last pair of carpenter jeans roll out of your uh, closet? High school. Yeah. <laughs> I I, well, I I say yeah. I am certain I had a pair, like really sharp, good fitting. And like you can barely see the little holder for the hammer, so it basically uh-huh. doesn't count. And that probably lingered until I was twenty-two. But sure. then uh, all the others, it was like, yeah, I don't. Unless you're going to put a hammer in there, you probably shouldn't wear carpenter jeans. 
And if you are, yeah, bad news, hammers are pretty heavy. They're going to break your shitty-ass dungarees, bro. <laughs> right. So uh, this place has, you know, it's actually also kind of a brewery. Uh, it, their beer was fine. Um, so there's, you know, like the hour or whatever of people mingling and getting drinks and I'm like saying hi to Maureen's family. How are you? And so we sit down. Well, I'll just say it back up. I get I get there and I, I notice that I am at a different table from my dad and his wife Maureen. It's like, oh okay, we're separate tables. Like I I I didn't know if I was like a last minute addition or not, which I would not have been offended at all if I was not. I think I've met the bride in question maybe three times. Um it's like, oh we're at different tables, you know, maybe like they were joking, like my Maureen and her sisters, like, oh, you're at like the young kids table, and actually, like, I guess it kind of was. What I was define there. young kids? Well, yeah, I mean, the man who will shortly feature in this story, I think, said that he was 44. So, so are you suggesting you? Hmm. So these are you're not at the children's table because there not presumably the isn't one. Right. It's, I should say the young people's. They were calling it like the young people's table. No one on in podcast land can see that I'm doing air quotes on young people's table because I'm 39, which is not exactly young. Um, but like one of the, one of Maureen's other nephews was sitting there who's a cool guy and his girlfriend was there, too. And I was having fun chatting with them. And then there was a woman of about our age also at the table sitting next to this guy. I originally thought that they came together, but apparently that was not the case. Um, and so, so a lot of people at this table were meeting each other for the first time. I think so. Can I, I read you a recent headline from the website clickhole.com? You may. Pathetic. This wedding table of late 30-something singles thinks they're the fun table. <laughs> Is it possible you were sitting at the fun table? It's possible that I was sitting at the fun table. Why didn't they I don't let you that... sit at the table with your dad? I don't know. It seems like the first thing should be like these people are directly related to right. one of the people getting married. They get to sit with their own fucking family, right? <laughs> Who was sitting at the table with your dad that bumped you? As a family unit. Uh, well, Maureen's two sisters. Which makes sense. Sure. Um, and then two people, I have no idea who they so were. Th- there, those there people were, however, were fucking up. They got to get out. <laughs> there were over three empty seats where myself, cool cousin Charlie, and cool cousin Charlie's girlfriend, his name is, I think, Laura, um, a whole human being on her own right, as Judge John Hodgman would say. <laughs> um, we easily could have sat there. And we're like, no, no, it's fine. We'll just sit here. It's good. So we're sitting there, and this gentleman, uh, Mike, what's his name? Was it Mike Huber? Like, no, it was definitely not Mike Huber. That would have been awesome and a fun. Surprise. You should have sat at his table. I should have sat at Mike Huber's table. Why didn't he invite me to sit at his table? Now that's the fun table. What a dick! Right? Yeah, every table. Right. He he goes to fucking round table pizza. That's the fun table. It doesn't matter where it is. We're sitting there, and Mike is um, wearing, and I I don't know what was up with the ties. Mike was also wearing a silk tie, which was a White Sox tie. 
and just had like white socks on it all over the place in like a pattern. Is a standard no boy, I could really be embarrassing myself here. Like I don't I don't wear a tie a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. I have I certainly have not worn a tie since the pandemic started. No. Uh, is a standard tie is made of silk, right? Um, or you, you seem like you're, you're classifying these ties specifically as silk ties. Some like, um, could be cotton or polyester. Um, I guess when I when I say silk, I mean like shiny. Silk. Okay, that's what. I, so that's kind of what I was thinking. Is that these, okay. which means they look really cheap and corny. A little bit, yeah. Like. Yeah. I don't know if you ever experimented with like silk boxers in high school. Um, I experimented I is... with no underwear. Never made it into <laughs> silk boxers. I don't know which is worse. I got I got a pair of silk boxers in high school. One and experimented with them, and they're terrible. But like the that sa- they had that same like cheap silk shimmery Dude. quality to them. Yeah, I've never worn anything like that. It sounds miserable. Yeah. So Mike is wearing this tie. There's nothing wrong. I, you know, I, I like baseball. I'm primarily a Cubs fan, but I grew up going to White Sox games. There's no judgment there. And actually saved me later. Um, so Mike is obviously a few drinks in at this point. And he's like, so, you know, I, uh, you know, we're all sitting at the same table and, you know, we're going to be sitting here for a while. And I thought, uh, Thought we should all talk, you know. Thought we should all talk. Like, oh, yeah, this sure, is just okay. like the fucking click hole article. Okay, please continue. <laughs> just like, it was like, hey, how's, how's it going? It's like, oh, yeah, it's good, good. Like, oh, who do you know? So he's like, oh, I, I went to high school with the groom. We fell out of touch, but then we got back in together. And, you know, it's like, oh, that's, that's great. Hmm. You know, we're we are. You know, this is the, the the bride's cousin, and my you know my dad is married to the one of the bride's aunts. Um. I was like, okay, okay. It's Did you sweet. ask him his opinion on which lives mattered? <laughs> no, but we'll get there. Oh, no. <laughs> we will definitely get there. Um, so he, he basically, the first question is like, so where are you, where are you from? I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I live in Logan Square in the city. And Charlie's like, yeah, you know, we just, I just moved here from Cleveland. Back from Cleveland, we're in Lakeview in Chicago. Or we're in Lakeview in the city. My guy goes, oh, the city. Uh, you mean Morton Grove? You're talking about Morton Grove? <laughs> and I don't, like, for those not, like, super geographically inclined to the Chicago area, Morton Grove is a suburb, and it's not, like, a particularly It's, yeah, it's fucking suburb. forever away. It is not close at all. And I think I, my, I, my brain paused for a second. I'd be like, what? Um... And then me and Charlie were like, no, like, you know, the city, Chicago, like Chicago, we're from Chicago. The city that's in Illinois, not the this city, garbage town. Not not the village of Morton Grove or whatever it is. Like, you know, I think the closest thing that could be considered a city is probably Rockford. Maybe Rockford is big enough. But also, the that. city is it's going to have right. one answer only in this state. I live, I live in the city. Yeah, I drove up in Peoria today. No, you didn't, buddy. <laughs> you sure didn't do that. Especially if you're like an hour, within an hour's distance, right? So we're like, oh, no, like, you know, Chicago. And he's like, oh, oh. And he's just got like really like 
defensive about it. It's like, oh, I'm sorry. You know, I just, you know, I thought it'd be a good idea if we all talked. So, you know, I, I was just saying hi, but you know, you're like, oh no, we're from the city. So it's like, nobody fucking did that, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, it's just like, well, it's just, it's just not part of the city. Like it's, it's a suburb. It's just like definitionally, and he was like very, very defensive about it. Um, and then he decided to, he was like, oh, it's like, let's do it. Like, all right, well, you know, it's fine, whatever. Like, we'll do a cheers. And I was like, oh, you know, was like, all right, cheers. And, you know, the bride and groom. Um, and I didn't have, I had finished my beer. So I made a joke like, oh, you know, bad luck to toast with water, but here we go. Um, he's like, oh, I have this this shot of Crown Royal if you want it. But, you know, I, there was like some loose, there was some weird footing going, you know, there's some weird, there's some weird energy. Um, (laughs) So I was like, sure. That like, that'd be great. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And it's like, Oh, where Charlie was like, Oh, where'd you get it? Um, at this point, the bar had been closed. The bar and the if separate event space had been closed oh, no. for for the dinner portion. So he he had gone to the the regular bar, like the bar and the bar portion, and bought. It's like, oh yeah, I just, I just went out there and bought it. He didn't like have. A I thought we bag. were getting a sock flask for no, sure. Like maybe maybe you boys from Chicago are too good to have little tiny what airplane bottles in your socks at all times. But here in the Grove, this is what we do, brother. Right. So I was like, oh, I, you know, I appreciate it. It wasn't actually a shot. It was like, it was basically a Crown Royal meat. It was, you know. Disgusting. An, an inch and a half of Crown Royal in a tumbler. Where I wasn't going to, you know, turn my nose up at it because, again, shaky ground. So I was like, oh, I, I appreciate it. So we did a toast. And then, you know, I drank like, I didn't slam it or anything because I don't want to slam fucking single of Crown Royal. Um. And then he started being like, you know, I uh, was really looking forward to that Crown Royal. I uh, was really, I went, I went out and got that. It was like ten bucks, so uh, I, you know, I, I was really looking forward to that. <laughs> I was like, okay. You know what I do with stuff I want? Not give it away. Right. Well, I sure was, was like, looking forward to spending the three dollars. I hope you just give it back to me, even though I plainly gave. Like, no moron, you give something away, you don't get it anymore. That's the whole I, thing. And I was like, oh, I appreciate it. Like, I'll go and get you one. He's like, no, 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 it's okay. I mean, I really wanted it, but it's fine. I was like, I'm just, I'm just going to go and get you one. Like, you, you know, you were nice enough to loan it to me because I didn't have a drink. I appreciate that. So I'm just going to go, I'm just going to go get it. So I went and got it and I brought it back. And he was still like really shitty about it. He was still like, you mean, you didn't have to like get it right away, man. You didn't have to get it right away. Like, I was trying to insult him or, like, make him feel inferior by going to replace the drink that he gave by me. By doing what he plainly ordered you to do? What he plainly, like, really wanted me to do. And then the person sitting next to him was like, yeah, it's like, that's what, like, that's being nice. Like, he just did what a nice person does. Yeah. <laughs> like, he, he replaced the like, drink. And he was like, I could tell he was gearing up. So I was like, hey, how about them white socks? So then we had like a very perfectly nice ten minute long conversation about the White Sox and how they're doing. Um, 
and, you know, whether or not Tony Larissa is a terrible manager and whether or not the team is actively keeping him away under the guise of health issues and should maybe never let him come back. Um, I've talked about like some of the old, like, you know, like 94 to 97 teams with Frank Thomas and all that stuff. I was like, okay, we're good. We're good. And then boom, like immediate swerve. He's like, yeah, you know, uh, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't really like going into, into the city for games anymore. Just, that, that crown royal hit, and now he like, can't resist. He's like, I know about your city. Let me tell you like, about. Let me tell you about that place you live and I don't. Let me tell you about that city. And then I swear to God, he said, "I'm afraid to go down to even go down to the games because what if some black guy pushes me onto the third rail just because I'm white? What if there's justice in the world? What if one good thing could ever happen?" <laughs> Good news, good news, buddy. It'll never happen because that would be too correct. <clears throat> what if some like, black guy? How? What a puck, fucking piece of shit. Which then, which then led somehow led to apparently um, closing down Cabrini Green and the other projects. Twenty years, twenty plus years ago, has now led to an increase in the crime rates of the collar counties. And then he proceeded to tell me what the collar counties were, as if I had not grown up here my entire fucking life and lived in one of the collar counties, grew up in one of the collar counties. And then at some point was like, so, like, do you want to talk about politics? And we're like, no, no, we do not. No need. I know what you like. <laughs> All the bad stuff. <laughs> so, and apparently, and I went to the, and I guess the last little, the little nugget um, is apparently when I went to the bathroom at some point, he like turned to cousin Charlie and was like, "So, uh, do you think you make more than me?" So this was a person who's just like plainly primed to take offense at like anything, just like looking for an excuse for some reason. And they like, come, feeling... they come and call me Snowflake. Like, oh, you can't handle anything. And yet these guys are out there like, I got to tell everybody from Chicago that one, I'm scared of their city. And two, I'm mad they're not running it right. And three, unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. It was just like, why are you, like, dude, why are you trying to start a fight with me at this point? Like, you were just looking for an excuse to, like, call me a pussy and challenge me to go outside. And I don't know why. And again, you're so brave. You live in literal ground zero murder town. <laughs> he should fear you. You you probably got like five guns on you. I probably do for my own safety. Yeah. Because what, what if a black guy looks at you near a train? <laughs> oh, no. You know what? Yeah. Actually, <clears throat> I don't tell any of your friends less. Almost every time. Actually, I'm not even going to say almost. Every time I go out. A black guy looks at me. <laughs> I don't know how how you make it from one day to the next, Matt. Every time? Wow. Yeah, so that was that was how the night went. Nightmare. I was just, I was just like, yeah, just like, okay, dude, I'm not, like, <laughs> we're not fighting. I'm not going to fight you at my step-cousin who I barely know's wedding. Like, that's just not happening. No matter, like, what you say or what you try to take offense at, it's just not happening. And can we go back for a second? You said that he said his connection to the wedding party was mm -hmm. that he was friends with No Lives Matter. 
in high school. And then things fell out. But now they have gotten to be friends again. So now that he moved to Morton Grove and he learned how the world works and how black people are trying to shove you on the, under the train all the time, uh, now he and No Lives Matter are, are really lining up. They're good friends now. Got to, got to come to the reception. Yep. That's bad. <laughs> yep. So it was, uh, it was an interesting night. It's an interesting thing. Uh, I'm going to try to go for an interesting challenge. This is only for me, but before we, this has been a great segment. The story better. I honestly, like I feel like I paid $3 based on the tie. And then I, I paid for like a hamburger and then I got a steak of a story. Like, the tie was nothing compared to all this shit. Way better. <laughs> but uh, when... Okay, so you got that that Crown Royal that came out of his sock or whatever. Where did... Oh, no, it came from the other bar. It came from the other bar. Okay, do, do you think there was cum in it? I just... I want to get cum into every segment. <laughs> uh, I hope not, or else okay. I definitely drink It doesn't cum. matter. That's fine. Okay. Uh, now... You can help me with the next segment if you want. Hey, Matt, <laughs> what sauce are you bringing to the table this week? I'm bringing my special grapes. Full of? Calm. That doesn't actually have to be your sauce. You can talk about something else. Thank you. Um, I am 100% sure that I brought the sauce to the table before. Oh, well, that's um, fine. Uh, but peanut sauce again. I've been oh, eating a, a lot yes. of peanut butter. Uh, I had some Thai food on Sunday night. I had some, you know, some of the chicken skewers that come with the peanut sauce. It was delicious. Peanut sauce is always the best. It can be various consistencies for its purpose. It can be a dip. It can be on some fucking vegetables. I made like a peanut sauce last weekend. It was my lunch for like the week. It was really good. I think today I was chatting in the, uh, video game side chat about a desire for peanut butter cookies. So peanut butter is just kind of on the mind lately. This could not be more up my alley if forced. And I do not promise to be consistent about this. And if you ask me again in three months, I may answer it differently. Would be happy with the response of peanut sauce as my single number one favorite sauce. I love peanut sauce so much when I ate meat, one of my very favorite slightly high effort things was just making like really thin uh, panko breaded chicken like hammered out and mm-hmm. then uh, coated <clears throat> in like some peanut sauce and really lightly fried one last time. And it just Ooh. crisps up. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. Uh, and I, I've attempted to do similar stuff with tofu. It doesn't work the same way. Yeah. But still – in either dish like that chicken is barely there it's just give me protein come and uh (coughs) breading and peanut sauce and jesus christ i'm a happy guy Mm -hmm. uh i also i could i think i could easily argue that is peanut butter just my favorite food like I love peanut butter every I, I, If I can get some peanut butter ice cream, I want that. I love peanut butter yeah. cookies. Yeah. I, I eat peanut butter and jelly. 
pretty frequently just like for breakfast, just a slice of toast with some peanut butter on it and a banana is amazing. I love peanut butter any way you can get it to me. Are you uh, what you, is you a smooth guy or a chunky guy? Chunky all the way. Um, certain way. things I recognize. I love a peanut butter milkshake. Sure. I don't. I, I don't want chunky peanut butter for that because the little peanuts all get stuck in your straw. That's no good. And so certain like I I I keep both in the house all the time because I'm going to need lots of peanut butter and sometimes there's going to be reasons why I want it. Uh, apple and peanut butter as far as a snack. Possibly while high, one of the very best snacks you can ever have. So like, good, you, you you can't go wrong, and it's you get that you get that bite, you get all that that good crunchy peanut butter, good mouth feel, and you bite through, and it's good, and you bite through the the apple, and it explodes in your mouth. Come, and it's it, it's just the best. I don't know why I'm making it a point to get it. Like now I'm getting it four times in every segment. Is, is this going to be the first podcast that I? Not only send out with a warning, but then don't send to certain other people who listen to the podcast. No, everyone's getting this one. <laughs> Peanut sauce even... kicks ass. Good. It's just so good. It deserves to be brought up at least twice. I'm sure it'll be brought up again. Tell me uh, when you made peanut sauce. Tell me about what went in that. All right. So it's the budget bites spicy peanut noodle recipe i think but i just i'd make the sauce so it's <clears throat> we didn't even talk about noodles but just peanut sauce anything with noodles you're already winning doesn't matter where you go great call so it's a third a cup of uh peanut butter preferably chunky in my opinion uh a third a cup of hoisin sauce um you're supposed to grate like a, an inch of garlic um mince one i'm sorry Great an inch of um, ginger. Ginger, thank yeah. you. Sorry, yeah. Great an inch of great an inch of ginger. Uh, mince one clove of garlic, but I end up just leaving the greater the microplane out and microplaning in like Ooh. two or three things of ginger. I don't think I've ever microplaned uh, or ginger garlic. or garlic, but that sounds yeah. great. It's it's wonderful. Um, a tablespoon of fresh squeezed lime juice. And a tablespoon of um, um, spicy sauce. Shit. Sriracha. Sriracha, thank you. God. And this is then, very similar to my recipe, so I, I'm not normally this good at guessing. I'm not like I'm not the fucking Kreskin over here. <laughs> and then a third cup of hot water. Just okay. Whisk that shit. This is all. I would say this is almost exactly my recipe, except instead of the hoisin sauce. I put a shit ton of fish sauce in it. Mm. I love fish sauce, and that is a big part of why I like my peanut sauce. I see you making faces. You're not the first person to wholesale reject my peanut sauce. In fact, <laughs> some people, name of Gina, have told me they like peanut sauce, just not mine. <laughs> I think... I feel like you've talked about your love of fish sauce, fish sauce on mm -hmm. the podcast before, and I'm trying to remember the context. It might have been the last time I brought up peanut sauce. It, it could very well be. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, but I, I like fish sauce a lot, and honestly, I haven't, I haven't had any. I haven't made my peanut. I haven't made peanut sauce in 
Certainly not since I've been to Chicago, and I bet it's been over a year. It's way overdue. But when it's very much like I will have to go to the store, I I have extreme brand loyalty to squid brand fish sauce. It has a big picture of a squid on the bottle, and you can only buy it in giant bottles that are way unnecessarily large for my needs. But Mm -hmm. when I make a giant bowl of fish sauce, you're just, you just got that little green lid on the top and that barely wants to come out. You just shake that thing over for half an hour and now you got enough fish sauce you can start stirring again. All right. If I had to save some time, I could just, peanut butter and fish sauce would work for peanut sauce. Yeah, probably. Yeah. So you want, the sriracha would cover a lot of ground, too. Yeah. Matt, we have an extremely brief segment. I debated whether or not we were going to do this segment, but... I have committed to doing it every episode. We're going to do it with you. But I'm going to tell you something after I ask you the question. I'm going to tell you something, and you're going to make sure you take it into account. Mm-hmm. This is the important thing that we do on every episode now. I don't want any – if you give me even one name, you fucked up. No names. And you can, you, you can choose. You can verbally walk through your <coughs> answer, or you can just give me a number. Oh, shit, right, this. How many people do you love? You don't love your ex-girlfriend. <laughs> um, sorry, I'm doing... I was, and actually, I, I was thinking about this during the last episode because... I was I was shocked by how low Charlie Yorty's number was. Charlie Yorty's number was one. Yeah. But, um, and there's so many things you have to define here, and you get to define them all for yourself. It's it's impossible to to know any what what resides in another man's heart. Yeah, I mean, I'm probably more around the thirty-ish range. Oh, I would think. I will put down thirty-ish. As your official answer. Good answer. I mean, they're all good answers. But uh, thank you for participating And how many people do you love. It's time for our final main segment. Uh, we're going to talk about some close call childhood injuries. I was thinking about this the other day. I'll let you go first, but it, it occurred to me that I kind of had one. Not that it, was, it wasn't a devastating injury, but I, I just I thought to myself how easily that could have been different i thought i bet a lot of i've been a lot of people have those and so do you have anything along the lines of what you would consider a close call childhood injury i do fun fact about me i have never broken a bone in my life Ooh, that's impressive um i've also never really had surgery unless you count getting your wisdom teeth taken out I'm going to jump in. I just want to respond to all of these quick because I don't think I'll get to do it again. I broke my wrist once. That's my only broken bone. A girl pushed me down in eighth grade gym class class when we were playing uh, hockey on roller skates. And I fell down right shoulder onto left wrist and broke my wrist. Uh, I have my tonsils out, so I guess that is a surgery I have had. And then... Oh, the last one. All my wisdom teeth are still just hanging out. Yeah? Uh, one's completely in. One's almost completely in. And two just kind of go up and down. 
I don't know what's up. That's pretty cool. My Actually, parents I, both got their wisdom teeth out, and my sister got her wisdom teeth out. Maybe you just ate really tough foods as a kid. Every day, just chowing down on more peanut sauce. <laughs> crunch, crunch, crunch. Crunch. All right. Uh, my clo- but my close call injury um, was when I was in Little League. It was at the level where, like, the parents pitched – Basically, I think it was like still like underhand, but there was a kid standing next to them as the you know quote unquote. Yeah, going to play defense if there's a comebacker, but otherwise, mm-hmm. yeah, we're right. not going to trust oh, oh, little precisely. Stevie, the six year old, to throw enough strikes to make the game progress. Right. Um, uh, to 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 field uh, the comebacker is the pertinent part of that equation. Um, someone hit a line drive directly at my face, and. Because I was not a particularly athletic child, I'm not particularly athletic now, nor was I. How's your fucking any... marathon training going, bro? That's different. Um, Sounds pretty that's athletic just... to me. That's conditioning. I, 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 don't, I should say I'm not particularly athletically skilled. How's that? I think I... you're in a marathon. That's a skill. But you, you can you can disagree if you want. So um, my my reaction was not what it should have been, which would be to put the glove on my hand in front of my face to protect it and catch the ball in a baseball move. My instinct was to like drop to the ground, <laughs> but I didn't do it fast enough. So it didn't hit me straight on, but it hit me like on the side. It basically like ricocheted off the side of my head at an angle. Um, directly on my right ear and i think i'm pretty sure it i lost consciousness for like a very brief period of time um and of course you know i was i think i was like six or seven so i was bawling and my dad took me to the hospital to get an x-ray and i was fine but you know i almost took a pretty well-struck line drive to the face uh, at the tender age of six or seven <laughs> that could have potentially done some real damage. We're talking, you know, metal bats at this point. Sure. So it, ball came off the bat with some velocity. There's a kid who I eventually went to grade school with, Eric Grossman, hit the ball, and he was a, a larger child. Uh, so it was it was not a weekly hit line drive. It, it hit with some force. Uh, I... First off, that sounds really scary. I'm sorry that happened to you. Um, you don't want to get hit in the head by a baseball. And this was long enough ago that, like, I'm not – like, now I know in general at lower levels they use a pretty spongy baseball. Mm-hmm. Who knows what you were using back then? I don't think it was very spongy. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think when I was in T-ball, we played with a T-ball that had a little more give to it. But I think as soon as we were anything above that, which we would, at least where I lived, you would have been, if you, for, even for adults pitching, you, you got a baseball and you, it's, yeah. you don't want it to hit you in the head. Uh, it is unfortunate in terms, I guess in terms of both uh, reality, because you don't want to get hit in the head by a baseball, and in terms of this podcast. I'm going to tell you basically exactly the same story about me. 
it's some circumstances are different. I was not in a regular game, an official game. I was playing with one of my friends, but yeah. we, and I was a little bit older. I would say I was more like nine or 10, but I had a friend who really sucked at baseball, but I loved baseball. And so one of the things we would do when we were hanging out was just go play baseball out in the yard. And if we could get a bunch of kids, there's an empty lot across the street. You get a bunch of kids, you have a big game, and it's just like, oh, it's five-on-five five baseball, and you'd go, and it'd be great. But if you didn't have a bunch of kids, if it was just some random summer day, it'd be just like go out over there, and then uh, I'll pitch to you, and you pitch to me. And I was thrown to Adam. I, I, I hit probably... Right, 17, 18 home runs, like major league distance equivalent. And then it was now his turn to hit. And he, uh, I was pitching to him, and he wasn't hitting much. And I was like, oh, well, Adam, it's okay. I won't throw quite so hard. And so I didn't throw quite so hard. Still wasn't hitting much. And then I made the unfortunate decision. I was like, I'll just scoot up a little bit closer. And I'll just scoot up a little bit closer again. And then I finally piped one, and Adam hit it directly back at me. I did attempt to get my glove up, but I was too slow. And it hit me right in the upper lip, right? Ooh. Ooh. Just below my, uh, you'd call it my, my right nostril, just mm -hmm. above, like not the color part of my lip, but like that. If I had a mustache, it'd be where the right side of my mustache resided. Mm -hmm. And... uh it hit me, and then I woke up, and I was on the ground. <laughs> and uh, Adam, it, I don't. It didn't take long, but it took long enough that Adam had assessed the situation and run it to my parents' house to get my parents. And so I woke okay. up, and I was by myself. Oh, no. And then instantly, I'm just crying, and my lip really hurts. Sure. Um, and ultimately, I was fine. I do if you – I'm never going to let you do this. But if you feel right here, I have a bump that is just off on my upper lip that is just a little fucked up. Mm -hmm. But it's okay. I have another one. I have, a, I have a very slightly visible scar on the left side of my face from where my mom dropped me and I hit my face on a table when I was like a baby. And my mom later said it was a major factor in her – Delaying having a second child because she thought she was an unfit mother. Good stuff. <laughs> Can I tell you that I used to have a dent in the middle of my forehead? Ooh, nice. Um, because when I was learning to walk as a baby, I apparently like held onto this one table and just consistently fell into the corners of the table. And my parents <laughs> just kept, kept letting me do that. You just wear like, oh, that spot now. <laughs> super, like, I eventually like it grew out, but like as a child, if I was frowning, there was this dent like right in the middle of my forehead. It's like, how is he going to learn? He's got to keep hitting that dent. Right. Um, well, yeah, that was the origin of this. Cause I thought about it and it's obviously very bad. You don't want to get hit in the face. You don't want to get knocked unconscious, but also like if this was, was fast enough to do that, like my nose is like an inch and a half away. Right. Could very easily would, fracture. Would like, have broken my nose. Could also just knock some of my teeth out. Mm -hmm. It could have been a few inches up. I don't think it would take much if you got hit straight in the eye by a baseball. Probably fuck up your eye. 
Honestly, this was a hell of a good place to, to take one of these. Especially if you didn't break any teeth. Something about cum hitting your face? Yeah, I guess. Do we even like that? Is that a joke? Does that even count as a joke? We're too far. There's no edits. We're way beyond that. That yeah. that good enough or do I have to do another one for this segment to have that? I think you did four last segments. So. Good point. So if this only counts as three quarters, one of like three of the others are bumping yeah. it way over. You're um, averaging one per segment, so we're good. But yeah, so uh, I I wish it hadn't happened, but if it had to happen, I'm glad it happened the way it did. And it sounds like you're not so dissimilar with yours. Where honestly, this could have gone any number of ways, but the way it went seemed to be doing okay. Didn't have to be. Turned out all right. Nothing was broken. Yeah. Um, I also was thinking about this. How how many times have you been shocked by electricity? Hmm. Not that many, I don't think. I accidentally once touched um, an electrified fence. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah, that was... I'll wake you up. Um, but I don't know. I never like tried to stick a fork in the socket or anything. As far as I know, I have accidentally touched like metal things that were touching exposed wires on purpose. But yeah, I would. I think an electric fence is probably a lot worse than putting a fork in the outline. Yeah, it wasn't turned up that high. I guess um, that's probably true. Like, there's probably settings, and it's probably like, how rowdy are these cows? Pretty <laughs> like, much. Like, are, are, if we just give them a little buzz, is that going to do it? Or are they going to be like, well, fuck you, I'm still coming. And then... <laughs> I don't think they were particularly rowdy cows, so I think it was just okay. like, enough to be like, ah, it's annoying. I'm going to go away. Yeah. So I guess that could be slight. Um, because that was the other thing I thought of, is that when I was very small, uh, let's say I was I specifically remember deciding that it would be interesting. Like there were all these weird little holes in the walls of my bedroom mm-hmm. where like you could plug things in. And I was like, I, what if I just jam my finger in there as hard as I can? <laughs> and I did that. And then I uh, screamed. And then my parents came running back to where I was, and they were, like, and I was just like on the floor, and they're like, "What happened?" And then I said that I put my finger in the outlet, and it shocked me. That's true, mm-hmm. but I specifically I remember doing this, and I remember it being a running joke in my family as well, because I then continued to say, "We have a." Re- these fucking people in Chicago, probably a triple homicide next door. I probably did it. That's how bad this city is. Pretty um, sure that was named. They're all the same. They're going to clear up the bodies. Get the, right, that's true. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I told my mom that I got shocked and it launched me into the air and the <laughs> lights started flashing on and off and you could see my skeleton. 
So you're like, let me tell you about this real-life cartoon that just happened. And so, in retrospect, I think it is clear that I intentionally shocked myself to see if it was like a cartoon. Absolutely. And that, like, perhaps, I don't remember this, but I, I would not be surprised if my, if, like, I watched this cartoon and my parents were like, now, Johnny... Don't put your finger in the outlet like Sylvester the cat or whatever does, because it will be it will shock you and you will find it unpleasant. And then I instantly was like, I'm going to see my skeleton. I definitely shocked myself. And I remember that. But I, I don't think you could actually see my skeleton. Um, we should all be so lucky as to avoid shocking ourselves with regular any regularity. I've shocked myself. A lot of times, but all for good reasons. And I feel like if you're seeing any part of your skeleton and you're not looking at an x-ray, something is probably very wrong. You know, if I saw my... I can't even get there. <laughs> if you saw your skeleton through some cum or something, like what are you... Yeah, I was going to be like, you know, I'd like it if I... I don't even want to do it because it's so bad. <laughs> it's going to get to boner and then cum, yeah. Uh okay what's a boner look like on x-ray you do you know you know um, some doctors i know never they ever put your boner in an x-ray <laughs> no my dad never took an x-ray of my erect penis um so he's like a fake doctor do you do you remember what it was like when you were a kid and you thought like you had advanced knowledge of adult topics and you said something with utter conviction that it was true, and then the adults just kind of looked at you. Yeah, and then carried I, absolutely. That's, that's, that's a good observation, but yes, I remember that. Once, when I was fairly young, I um, proudly announced that I knew that er, uh, erections were made of cartilage. Wow. <laughs> Think how fucked up they'd be then. That's so gross. <laughs> I'm so glad that's not true. Just like, well, it's cartilage. Yeah, it's not boner. It's, it's not bone. It's cartilage, like, obviously. Don't worry. I'm not an idiot. I don't think <laughs> a bone goes in there. I know it's like what's in your ear. <laughs> I know it's the same stuff as noses, okay? I get it. It's fucking I'm gross. I'm a uh, My example of that is I remember specifically uh, when I was in first grade, in math class one day, I raised my hand and told the teacher in front of the whole class, I know something I'm not supposed to know. <laughs> and I, I do not remember the teacher's reaction. But in my head, it, I mean, it must have been like, oh, no, this child, this poor child is being abused. What, what's he, maybe I should pull him aside. But the teacher was like, oh, fuck it, whatever. What do you got, kid? And then I was – and it was something like – Something I was told in kindergarten about multiplication that was moderately <laughs> advanced. And I'm sure the teacher was like, uh, don't bother the other kids with this. But, yeah, you can do your times like this. And then I w proudly announced that I knew this thing. The teacher was like, yeah, who gives a shit? <laughs> and, and, then I, and then I had to tell my mom. I remember I felt really bad. I told my mom. I tried to tell a class of this, and I said I knew this thing, and nobody gave a shit. She's like, yeah, nobody gives a shit. That sucks. Learn something you... cool. Learn about what boners are made of, like cartilage. <laughs> then you can fucking raise your hand and say, I got to say, listen here, motherfucks. 
listen here, people sitting in this restaurant. Let me tell you about my advanced knowledge of boners. This guy standing on the table taking his pants off seems to have a lot of good ideas. <laughs> oh, man. Well, Matt, it's time for just one final segment. Do you have anything you'd like to plug? I'm going to plug something <clears throat> that I haven't personally watched. Why? It's one of those things where a bunch of people have recommended the show uh, For All Mankind to me recently. Uh, people whose opinions I trust. So I think that the basic conceit is a sort of alternate history. Um, what would have happened if the global space race had never ended and the uh, Soviet Union is, you know, has the first moon landing ahead of the United States? Like, how does that change history? Which I've always thought was, I, I always kind of liked that concept like what if you change this one thing about the world like what are the repercussions down the line i've always thought it's like a really interesting concept um and also it is written and produced by ronald d moore who did uh the battlestar galactica remake which i was a huge fan of so i didn't previously know that he was responsible for it now that i know that he is i was like oh i definitely want to watch it so i hear good things from people I trust. It's Ronald. It's a Ronald D. Moore show, so I feel like uh, I should plug it for all it, mankind on Apple Plus. It sounds like it's such a good plug. You're about to to listen to it yourself. You're going to take your own plug. I am. And so, like, what better plug could there be? Where it's like based on what I know and nothing else. I'm telling you to do it, and it's worked for you. Mm -hmm. Everybody should join in. I've heard of the show. It sounds good. I've also never watched it, even though. I don't currently have Apple TV Plus, but I had it for a while. Mm -hmm. uh, I watched Severance. It was great. Uh, I never got around to this. I should get around to it. I also, I've read, I would estimate, three alternate history books. I specifically remember enjoying For Want of a Nail a lot, mm -hmm. um, which is like, I believe, a, oh, oh boy. Matt, mm -hmm. I think it's a seminal text in the field. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to count for that, buddy. Uh, but I, I believe it's, it's, it's from like the 70s, and it was very much like a, here's a fun genre that we mm -hmm. as historians can think about and learn from. If I'm wrong, I still got to say seminal text. Uh, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm interested in, in, in this show and this genre and everything about it. So it sounds really good. I also like uh, when the government and other governments, mine and others, spend outrageous sums of money on uh, pure science. So a show that pretends we kept doing that sounds pretty good to me. Mm -hmm. Let's do that. Uh, I also have a plug. My plug's different than yours. Uh my plug is for Mickey Mouse cartoons. You ever watch any Mickey Mouse cartoons? Like classic Steamboat Willie cartoons? or No, that sucks shit. <laughs> Are there modern... I guess I haven't really thought about actual cartoons featuring Mickey Mouse. Here's the history of Mickey Mouse in cartoons, as far as I can tell. One, Mortimer Mouse. That was his first name. Okay. Terrible. Two, Mickey Mouse, Steamboat Willie, still sucks. I don't. He just drives a steamboat. Who gives a shit? 
Then there's that one where he's in the camper and Goofy and everybody eats the corn like it's a typewriter. And they go, chomp, 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 ding, chomp, 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 ding. That kicks ass. That's really good. I know somebody who can do that in real life. It's kind of creepy. They can make the noise or they can eat corn on the cob like that. They can eat corn on the cob like that, like in perfect rows, one kernel at a time. Wow. I can't do that, but if you watched me eat corn on the cob, you would be impressed and sick. <laughs> Just disgusted. I can eat so much corn on the cob so fast. I made I, I, I got some corn the other day. Gina left the room. I got to get out of there. I can't. Like, you got butter everywhere. I was like, yeah, that's how you do. I was, I, when I said that peanut butter is my favorite food, corn on the cob is my favorite food. Are you, are you like that? I love corn kid. Are you that? I am like the, I love corn kid. Buddies? That kid's a genius. Just like me. Um, but then, uh, after they made those good, like thirties, forties, whatever, I think that's when my camper cartoon is from mm-hmm. the, uh, the Disney corporation, Walt, others were like, Mickey is kind of the face of our company and he is a rascal. He's always like stealing shit from people <laughs> and being a dick, <laughs> fucking with humans, whatnot. And they're like, we can't have this guy be so mean. And so they made Mickey really boring. And then Mickey was completely useless for the next 80 years. Thereabouts. But then in the mid two thousands, uh, Somehow, they were like, let's make some good Mickey cartoons. And I just heard about this the other day. I won't get the guy's name right, but it looks like Paul Rudd, but fucked up. <laughs> and it's a car, a guy named like Paul Rudish or something like that, uh, who they hired to start doing some new Mickey Mouse cartoons. You can find them on Disney Plus, and then, but also Disney just... They put them on YouTube. And so if you go, I, I can I'll send a link out. Um, but they just, they do like collections of the year. They're classic, like Looney Tunes style, three or four minute cartoons. Mm-hmm. But, and the, the animation is really interesting. It's very much based on like, like big background paintings that then weird little computer animated guys walk around in front of. But it's really okay. cool. And, it's really funny. It's a little adult, but not especially. I've seen people online compare it to Ren and Stimpy, and I think that's out of line. I don't think it's nearly that adult. I think that Disney adults are fucking weirdos and cannot <laughs> be trusted on really any ground. And so they're like, oh, my God. One time someone said darn really loud. This is just like Ren and Stimpy. It's not fucking Ren and Stimpy. And honestly, I don't really like Ren and Stimpy. It's, it's, but they're really funny. You, you, you look doubtful. Give me what well, you no. got and I'll reject it. No, no, I was going to say, I don't think those people remember what Ren and Stimpy is. Yeah, Ren and Stimpy is fucking because... gross and fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> that show, I don't, I don't think that Disney would go anywhere near would no. allow their pristine brand to go anywhere. Exactly. Like, this is a stretch for Disney, it. and it sure yeah. as hell doesn't touch any of that stuff. No, 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 no. Um, the first one I watched is one of my favorites. And, like, just to give you a little taste of what it's like. And uh, Mickey and Donald go to the boardwalk. Donald Duck, you know him. Mm-hmm. And they're going to have a double date with Minnie and Daisy 
and they go to this little restaurant to get some food to carry out for their double date, and Goofy's running the restaurant, Uh-oh. and then they walk in, and Goofy's like, hey, motherfuckers. He doesn't say hey, motherfuckers. But he's like, you guys, look at the sign. No shirt, no shoes, no service. And, of course, <laughs> Mickey is wearing shorts and shoes but no shirt, mm-hmm. and Donald is wearing a shirt but no pants and no shoes. It's Donald Duck in it. And so he throws their asses out, and they go outside, and they're like, wait a minute. One of us just has to put on all of our clothes and go back in. And so then they get in a big fight about who's going to put on all the clothes. Mm -hmm. And eventually Donald puts on all the clothes and goes in. And Mickey has to like run around and hide because he's naked now because that really (laughs) bothers him. And then Donald, of course, fucks it up and gets thrown out. And then Mickey has to go and get it. It's it's really funny. It is legit. I, I literally just sit on my couch and crack up watching these little cartoons. I can't recommend it enough. I feel like the obvious solution is for Donald to give Mickey his shirt, right? Like that's they both. I, I think it. I think it makes sense. And like as far as the story is, what they wear canonically is being fully dressed to them. Yeah. So like just be like Mickey normally not wearing a shirt is fine, but him taking his pants off is very bad. And sure. for Donald, the inverse, where it's like, no, me being fully dressed means I need to wear no pants. <laughs> <laughs> now, why that's acceptable, I don't know. Uh, another thing. Now, speaking of why that's acceptable, I don't know. I will say I defended this. It's not Grin and Stimpy, but it is occasionally kind of fucked up. And maybe this will make you want to watch it more. Yeah. Uh, are, do you know what Vor is? <laughs> yes. Good. <laughs> Uh, for the listener, please describe what Vor is. I have to get a beer. I'll be right back. Um, <clears throat> as some of you who may not be as on the internet as others of us, uh, Vor is usually a type of uh, Rule 34 porn where customarily a giant woman is is eating or consuming or putting a much smaller man into their mouth. Um, and that's basically what four is. I only heard the back end of that, but it sounded about right. Um, there is an episode where Mickey and Minnie, they're not always going on dates, but these ones we're talking about, they are. Mickey and Minnie go on a date but Goofy tags along as a third wheel. And they're like, dang, this sucks. Wish we could lose this third wheel. But Goofy can't take the hint. And then eventually, by uh, Minnie's running around, and by accident, Goofy swallows her. And then Mickey takes assessment of the situation and says, yeah, That'll work. And then he jumps down Goofy's throat. And then Mickey and Minnie are now at a table having their date inside Goofy's stomach. And they're like, this kicks ass. Finally, we're alone. And then Mickey's like, you know what? It's fun to do when you're alone. And he purses his lips out real big. And Minnie gives him a kiss. And then Mickey goes, oh, yeah, and he reaches up and turns the lights off. And then Goofy <laughs> rubs his stomach and is like, oh, boy, 
that tickles. <laughs> they are fucking in his stomach. There's no second reading. That's what it is. Yeah. Um, Goofy's stomach gonna be gonna be full of cum soon, basically. I was out of line. <laughs> well. Okay. As a punishment for that bad joke, no one watch uh, for all mankind. That plug is canceled. If you're going to watch it, don't please send a message into the text chat group saying that you're not watching it uh, to punish Matt for uh, the joke. I would say it's not a joke as much as a an observation of the natural consequences of what's what's going to be happening in Goofy's stomach. Yeah. I don't know why you had to take it that way. That sucks. Anyway, that's been Sauce Talk. Uh, we did plugs. Uh, anything else you want to say? Do you want to say the C word some more since you like that so dang much? <laughs> no, I'm good. Oh. Yeah, okay. Oh, yeah, there's a fire truck going down my street. Oh, yeah, our fucking hellscape city is burning to the ground as we speak. No sirens, just got its lights on. Who knows why? Is is the fire coming from inside your house? No. Although one time a fire truck showed up and the firefighters got off and said that they were supposed to be coming to my apartment. You just can't stop saying it. It was was during the pandemic. um, And so I have a neighbor that's constantly out on his porch and like talks to everybody. His name is John, actually. John, John, the unofficial mayor of our street. Um, He's like, oh, is everything okay at your apartment? I heard that you called the fire department to there. It's like, I don't know what you're talking about. As far as I know, no, I did not. And no one ever, like, no firefighters ever came to knock on my door. Is he like a big scanner guy? Why does he think he's here and you call the fire department? Um, I think he, like, talked to somebody who said that they talked to one of the firefighters who said that they had been called to my address. I don't know why. How curious. It was very curious. These firefighters don't appear to be in much of a rush. And there are no sirens, so who knows what's going on. Maybe there's a cat stuck up in a tree. Oh, wait, maybe there's a dog stuck up in a tree and there's two mice fucking in its stomach. (laughs) Best wishes in the intervening days. Oh, man.